Blog Talk Radio. It is Friday, September 19th, 2014, and you are tuned in to a special Friday night edition of The Missy Show. We're your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and once again, I have my co-host, Dee, on board with me. How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm here, Jay. How are you? <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm here, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit stuffy. I, I think I kind of sound like Rudolph right now. But we're going with it. That's my one of my favorite lines from that. Stop calling me names. I know. <laughs> you know, I mentioned on the blog today that um that might just be one of our topics for one of our December episodes. Maybe we'll talk about reindeer and other northern animals like elk or something. I don't know. That that's an idea. There you go. <laughs> that's an idea. All inspired by my stuffy nose. <laughs> We can make it work, Rudy. We can make it work. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be Rudy for the night. Yeah, that's you, my name. You sound fine. You can, well, you can tell my voice. It's not any better. <laughs> I think we're like breaking down or something. Yeah, you're you're about to to come on over to Stuffyville, so, so welcome. To I saved the seat for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I must say it's it's kind of fun to have a little change of pace. Uh, we've been it's been a while since we've done one of these night shows, you know. So this is pretty cool. It um, is. I'm used to looking outside, seeing the light shining, and so it's dark now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're used to talking about how hot it is, and all. I mean, well, it's still kind of warm, but it's better than it's been being. Um, well, we had some events come up for tomorrow that would interfere with our normal show time, so we rescheduled tomorrow's show for tonight. But fear not, for those of you who are unable to listen tonight, we will re-air this episode tomorrow in our normal time at 5 p.m. Central. Um, before we get into tonight's episode, we want to once again thank Mr. Lee Phillips, uh, President of Vibrant Pets, for being a guest yeah, on last week's yeah. show. Yeah. We love you, Lee. Yeah, we, we had a blast. We really enjoyed ourselves. Um, we also want to give special thanks to Mr. JDJ516 of Twitter fame for suggesting that Vibrant Pets tune into our show in the first place. So thanks again for all your tweets. Thank you. And if any of you would like to join in tonight's conversation, make sure you give us a call at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash She's a Torty, that's S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. Or you can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44. Okay, well, on to tonight's show. Uh, it's not a fun topic, but it's one that needs to be addressed, so we're going to do this. We're going we to do, do it. it. We're going to do it. It's, it's it's not one that you want to have to address. I wish we'd never actually had to address this topic ever again or any yes, Exactly. But, but hey, until we live in a world such as that, we we have to do what we have to do. We have to be a voice for the voiceless. Yes, exactly. 
So tonight we're going to be discussing animal abuse, why does it happen, how can we stop it, and what are its forms. So so we're going to just dive in. It, it won't be a pleasant thing, but it's it's a necessary thing. We need to get this information out there. We definitely do. And, and I want to make sure that, you know, everyone understands what animal cruelty is. So I just want to define it. <laughs> yes, I think that's a great idea. I want to define it. So if you are in doubt or if someone's in doubt or you think you can, you, you have a, a good idea of what animal abuse or cruelty is. And this um, definition comes to us from the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals or the ASPCA, and they define it as acts of violence or neglect perpetrated against animals are considered animal cruelty. And it is important to distinguish between the different forms of animal cruelty because they have it as two forms. One form of animal cruelty is overt, intentional abuse, which occurs when a person purposely causes physical harm, injury, or death of an animal. And another form of animal cruelty is neglect, failing to provide an animal with basic necessities of food, water, adequate shelter, and appropriate veterinarian care are all examples examples of neglect. In stark contrast to intentional cruelty, the neglect of an animal by an individual is often, but though not always, the result of a lack of education and awareness about proper animal care and can be remedied through education and by requiring the owner to provide by requiring the owner to provide these basic life sustaining elements. So now we all know if you didn't know what animal cruelty is and the forms that it can come in. Yes, because I think a lot of people, when you say animal cruelty, they think of the overt forms. When yeah. you see someone beating an animal or torturing or maiming an animal or killing an animal, you think of that, but you a lot of times don't think about neglect and how just neglecting that animal and not providing it with the basic things that it needs that can also be abused. Yeah, you know, I mean... Sometimes you, you and, and sometimes people are not even aware of it, I think. You know, you might think you have all good intentions. You have this animal, and you're like, you know what, I feed my, you know, per se, it's a dog. I feed my dog, you know, I have him chained up in the back to the tree. He gets, I feed him every day, and, and you know, and, and, and I put him, you know, under the shade a little bit. So, you know, when he gets whatever, but you have to understand that sometimes having it chained up to that tree, you know, all the time, not being able to get off of that chain to just run around free, maybe chained up outside. And even though some people think, you know, I'm feeding the dog, the dog is getting fed, but you're not interacting maybe with the dog or you're not, you know, giving that dog adequate shelter at times. You know, if it's too hot and the dog is outside on the tree, if it's too cold, you're not providing it a, a place where it's, you know, out of the elements and warm. You know, and, and, and just safety issues with it being chained up. You can't, you know, something should happen and it needs to get away. It can't. So it's not right. just vulnerable, vulnerable exactly. to predators that way. Exactly. So it's not just about overtly hitting, you know, doing something physically overtly too. It can be neglect in a way as well, so. I even thought about when you have a dog chained up in the backyard, just like what if there's like a, a bad rain shower that comes? Yeah. You know, have, have you ever been caught in the rain and you know that feeling like you're drowning and, and exactly. it's like you can't catch your breath? And just imagine that. 
I've been caught in the rain in a, a big downpour before, and I mean, it, it rained so hard to the point where it made me start hyperventilating. I was just like, I can't even breathe because every time I would inhale, water would come in my nose, and I was like, yeah. breathe. So I couldn't imagine having, you know, being an animal tied up to a tree and something like that. You know, you just you're you you think you go to work in the morning, you think, oh, was it nice? Especially our weather here. Our weather here changes at the drop of a hat. You yes. can go and it might be sunny, and this you can come in the midday. You know, we've had where we've gone out. It's one way. It snowed halfway, and you know, rain the other day, the other right. way. You know, just just being aware of the conditions that your animal is in, and and trying to make sure that the, those conditions are healthy. Uh, it provides a healthy environment for the pet. And then on the other end of the stick, you know, other than having them outside in the elements and and they're unable to come in, then sometimes you have people where they have all their pets on the inside, but the issue is they just have too many pets. They have more of them than they can properly care for. And you know, and that 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 that's a hard thing because you see you've seen the the shows where you know they have to go in and actually take out these pets. From yes. the, the hoarders, they just have so much stuff, and and they have like fifty cats, and there's no way you can care for fifty cats and twenty dogs. There's just no way. It, and the thing of it is, you you can you know you know the heart is in the right place. Because if I could bring in every, you know, abandoned and 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 you know homeless animal into my home, I would I would I you know. But you have to understand that you can only provide as much care for you know, animals as you can. And right. it's one person and you're in one environment that is not conducive to that. I can understand if you had, you know, some type of facility that was conducive, but if you're in a, a house and you're trying to house, you know, 50 cats, something's not going to be right eventually. <laughs> Not no, right. no. E- even if, let's say, you could afford to supply them with enough food, there's no way you're going to be able to afford a vet bill for all those animals. They're not going to be getting proper medical care. Exactly, and that's another, you know, that's another form of of neglect too. You know, the responsibility of of pet ownership also comes with sometimes a price tag, because you you know you have to try to. You want to be able to provide medical care for it if it's just checkups and, and different things. Or even if it's, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get your, your dog or cat or what have you checkups, but if something should happen and that dog needs to see a vet, being able to take that dog or being able to get that dog to a place that can provide them with the care they need. Exactly. So that that is definitely something to consider as we've discussed on other shows. Make sure that you can afford a pet. They are expensive. They're just like having a child. It really is. You know, everything that you would think you would have for your child, it's the same thing. You have to, you you know, clothe, well, not clothe, but you have to provide, I guess, accessories, you know, leashes and different things of that nature and and food and, and, you know, vet costs and things of that. So, it's just like having a child, you know. The basic needs you you have to provide for the animal. Yeah, because I can remember when we took Missy to the vet for the very first time, and and she was only probably about two or three weeks old, and I just remember we walked out of there with a vet bill of like three hundred bucks. 
Yeah. Because we, we had to shell so much money on different tests because they had to make sure she didn't have the little the, the feline HIV or whatever it is. And, you know, they had to do these different tests. They had to give her rabies shots. And then, you know, she, at the time my niece found her, you know, she had a flea problem. So we had to make sure we bought some medication so they could put it on her to get the fleas off of her. So that bill turned out to be quite hefty. Yeah, I mean, I can remember when we had, you know, Mr. Boomer came into our lives, and, you know, this was, we've had other dogs, but this was the first dog that we actually, you know, took took the initiative to go and get, to to bring into our lives. So, you know, we took, you know, did the whole thing, you know, you got to take them to the vet, and you, you get them checked out, and they're running tests, you know, and every test cost. Even just walking into that office is a fee. You know, the right. office is, is a fee. And just, you know, going in and getting tests done. And then once you get the tests done, you have to get medication sometimes, depending because Boomer at the time actually had, um, we he was rescued, he, he was rescued from a rural area where he was living, I think they were actually, he was in a litter of pups that were living under the house in dirt or something like that. And so he had worms. He had a belly full of worms. Oh, so he had okay. to actually... We had to get, you know, you know, medicine to get them out, and that was a cost. And then you have to bring them back and make sure that they're okay and make sure, you know. So it was, when we walked out of there, it was, like you say, it was like three plus, 300 plus dollars walking out of there. And that was just for the initial visit because we had to go back for, you know, as they grow with him, you go back for, you know, six-month checkup, and you go back for different checkups and different things. And depending on what they find and depending on what's going on, you might have to purchase heat, um, we were so adamant about trying to keep them clean and keep them, and you know, from fleas that we would give them baths, and we didn't know completely the proper way to give him a bath because you you have to make sure not to get, of course, water in their ears. And so he would get because he had the little flippy, you know, kind of ear or whatever. So he would get water in his ears, and it got to the point where it set up an ear infection. Oh, so we had to, yeah, we had to go and get his ears cleaned and get medicine and clean out his, you know, I think that bottle of something that we got from him was like $35 or something like that. So I was like, good Lord. But, I mean, these are the things that you have to take into consideration when you take on the responsibility of, of owning a pet, especially when you take on the responsibility of owning 50 pets, as some people try to do. Exactly. So can you imagine, you know, the cost that would even come with that, you know? A lot of people's heart is in a good is in the you know, it's in a good place. It's in a good place, but you have to look at the big picture of it. Are you doing more I mean, yes, they're they're out of this, but are you doing more harm than good? And so Exactly. And just even when you think about when when um you have that many animals and they're all in the house and they're all you know they're eating and they're using litter boxes and and that that's also just creating a very unsanitary environment because yeah. I've looked at some of those hoarder shows and and just to see animal feces all over the house and urine marks all over everything and just uh, it was just beyond unbelievable. Yeah, it's, and and the animals are living in it, and the humans are living in it, and it's just unhealthy. It's just unhealthy all around. So that's you know that's neglect of animal, and that's neglect of humans. You're putting yourself in danger with this, as well as the the animals. So it's it's not a good thing. The heart is in the right place, but you have to look at the big picture. You have to say what is the best situation for you know myself and for the animals. 
Exactly, and that might be a situation where, yes, I do understand that you want to get the animal out of the element, you want to help it, but after a certain point you may have to say, okay, after I've, you know, rescued the animal or whatnot, it's probably my best interest to hand the animal over to a shelter because they have the... um, they have the resources to be able to better care for a large amount of animals. Exactly, exactly. It's it, it just you have to use good judgment. You have to have to use good judgment in, in cases like that. I would love to be able to, I mean, that's one of my things. If I could just, you know, you have, what's your biggest wish? I just want to save all the homeless animals and neglected animals in the world, but realistically, I know I can't. I can't afford to. I don't have the means to, so, you know. Pick your pick your small battles to 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 win. Pick your small battles. Exactly, exactly. But you know, there was another one um, under neglect that a lot of times probably most people wouldn't think of, and I didn't really think about this, but it makes sense. Um, when people abandon their pets, they move away and they leave the pets in the house. Oh gosh, I have seen videos, and there was one not too long ago where, I mean, it wasn't a case of where they left the poor thing in the house, but they there was a video running on on the web where this person, and I don't know if it was a man or woman, I can't remember, but they actually showed him actually or she actually putting the dog out of the car and, and closing the door and trying to drive off, and the dog was running behind the car trying to oh catch him. Oh, my gosh. And I just thought... Lord, you know, so I, I, yeah, where you, they, or you have where, you know, the people, the people, for whatever reason, maybe move to a place they don't accept animals, so they just leave the animal there. I've seen a video of that where there was this, I think it was a poodle mix of some sort, where they said that the family actually moved away about a year ago, and the dog would stay, the dog you know, they left the dog behind because they couldn't, wherever they were going, they couldn't either afford to take the dog or wherever they're going, the, they didn't allow a pet. So they left the dog behind. And the dog stayed there and it would take refuge under this little, I don't know if it was like a cart or something that was on the street. And when they actually found, someone reported it and, and the the um, people came out to, to rescue the dog, get the dog, try to catch the dog, the dog... And it was like a poodle mix, so the hair had grown to a point where it had matted up so bad that it was so horrible that you could barely even see. It was scared. It was hungry. You know, it probably was so confused. They didn't know what was going on. But they actually were able to to capture it, and and they got it, and they brought it back to the the, um, facility, and they, you know, shaved it down, gave it a bath and everything, and the dog was the cutest little thing. I mean, you would thought that it was a bigger dog, but when they got all that matted hair off of it, it was the cutest little thing. And I think it was a poodle mix, but it was so cute. Oh, my gosh, it was adorable. And see, people, if if you if you have to move away and you can't take your pet with you because you're if you're moving into an apartment and they won't accept the pet, my deal is, just just take first try to see if there's anyone in your family, anybody who can take the animal. If not, there are too many shelters. You know, just leave yeah. the animal at a shelter, preferably, of course, a no-kill shelter. But, you know, try to, you know, give the animal to a shelter, you know. Do something, you know, you know put, put, put a thing up on Facebook or something, you know, to say, you know, to explain your situation. Explain your situation. 
you know, call the radio station. You know, let them know you have this great, you know, animal or what have you, and unfortunately, due to your situation, you, you can't afford to take them with you, but you don't want to just abandon them or leave them. And just explain, you, you never know who's, who's out there who's probably looking for an animal, who wants an animal, and they're waiting for the right time to get an animal. Exactly. And you know, it, it would kill me to have to be able to, to, you know, not be able to care or take for my take my animal with me. But I would think, you know what, as my responsibility to this, this dog, cat, what have you, you know, I signed on to keep you. So I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure I can get you. If I can't keep you, I'm going to put you in the best situation possible. Yes. Yes. So please, people. Think about what you're doing, you know, and just just make a good decision for for you and especially for the pet. Definitely exactly. for the pet. Exactly. It's 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 your responsibility. It's just your responsibility as a responsible pet owner. You take on that responsibility when you you know when you take an animal or something into your life, what have you. You have to see it through to the very end. You know, it's not just why you have it is for the duration. You know, animals live long, and maybe they might not be able to live with you, but it's your responsibility to make sure that their life, while they're here, is 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 safe, happy, healthy, and everything that goes with it. Yes, definitely. And I especially started thinking about um, that breed of bird that you were talking about, D, on one episode that lives to be like yes. 80 or 90 or something. I'm I like, oh, my gosh. Talk to you or something keeps coming to my head. I don't know why it's true or not, but I know it's one that lives a very, very long time. Exactly. Exactly, Jay. Exactly. You you have to, especially when you take on that, you know, kind of responsibility because you know this this bird is going to live a long time. Yeah, long quite time. possibly it's going to outlive you, so you need to have like a backup plan. So, yeah. hey, if something happens to me, my, my son or daughter can take it or somebody can, you know, so yeah. keep that in mind too. And, you know, there, there are places like, you remember when we were kids and they would take us what, to their environmental center or something like that? Yes, yes, I remember that. That's where I first petted a snake. I remember, <laughs> I remember that. So, so if you have pets that are not probably animals that you would think, okay, if it's a puppy or something, maybe you could give it to somebody and say, okay, well, we'll take a puppy. But if you have a, you know, like we did the show on, on, on what was our show? It, was, it wasn't a strange pet, but it was it was a unusual I, I know yeah, I know we've done one on uh, non-traditional pets. I know we've done that. Yeah, that's it. Where you might have a non-traditional pet, you're thinking, well, I don't know what to do with this because nobody's really going to want to take, you know, a rat or something like that. Look into places like that. You never know, you know, because they have snakes and owls and different things like that. So they might actually take it from you and, and, and be able to house it and care for it. So just don't think because you have a pet that's probably non-traditional. If for whatever reason, you might not be able to keep it anymore. You know, look into other avenues. You have to be very resourceful. You have to be, you know, willing to go that extra mile to try to find out if there is someone, someplace, something out there that can, that's willing to, you know, take the pet. You just never know. You never know who's looking. You never know who wants. You never know what can happen. So at least try. Very true. Even check with your local vet. You know, I, I was doing some research, and they were saying even if you don't know where to take the pet, a lot of times your locals, you know, some of your local vets might know, you know, and can suggest somewhere. Yeah. You know, you never know. Somebody who's actually coming to the vet might have said, mentioned, you know, we're thinking about getting another dog. We're thinking about getting another cat or something like that. That could be your very, you know, your animal that you can't care for could be the one that they're looking for that could go into another home. 
So just explore all your options. Exactly. 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 It's it's uh you know, it, it's hard to talk about, but it's something you have to talk about. Yes, yes, because, I mean, and and you have to be educated about it. And and like you were saying, Dee, that there are different forms of abuse and and people just have to be aware of not just the the deliberate outward abuse, but make sure you're aware of the neglect type of abuse, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's something that you have to educate yourself on, And, and, and not just for your own thing, but... When you when you see neglect and when you see abuse, you know you have to not be afraid to kind of get involved, you know, because the animals they don't have a voice, they can't speak up, you know. So if you see something, you know you have to say something, you have to do something. If even if you're doing it anonymously, you know, do something. Yes, definitely call your local welfare agency, animal welfare agency, and and if you don't know their number, you actually you can even call nine one one. I mean, it, it's probably better if you have the local animal agency number, but if not, you can call nine one one, and they'll send somebody out there. Yeah, or if you're not going to call nine one one, you can. I mean, if it, you know, you can call your the. Um, I think the police stations they have like a, a regular line number if you want to just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, you can do that, but if it's a situation where you think that animal is in, you know, serious danger or whatever, call 911, you know, call them. Just let them know, you know. I'm quite sure if if, if they can put somebody else out there or, or con- put you in contact with somebody that can actually go out there and help. So, you know, be responsible not just for what's in your yard but what's in someone else's yard, you know. And you don't have to necessarily give your name or whatever. Just, just be a voice for that animal. And an, another good thing to do, if you can do it without putting yourself in danger, if you have a cell phone or something and you could actually get any type of pictures, anything that could later be used for evidence, you know, if you can get some pictures or get some video, like if you can maybe just video from across your fence without actually going in the yard, but if you can get any pictures or video, that's also good too because anything that can, you know, get that animal the best help, you know, because sometimes you'll call in and say so-and-so about, you know, I saw some abuse or whatever, and if you don't have any evidence, sometimes that person can kind of try to cover certain things up. But if you have pictures or video, that that's a bit easier to prove. Exactly, exactly. It, it, when, you're, when you're in a case like that, when you're in a situation like that, the more evidence you have, you know, because it, it it can be a thing of your word against their word. You know, I saw this or I, you know, this or this. But when you have solid evidence to say, not only did I see this, but look at this, you know, it, it helps a lot. Yes, and anything you can bring to the table, um, document as many details as you can, dates, time, location of, of the abuse, any, anything, any information that you can have for the authorities when they get there, that's going to only help. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and the thing about a few, which is, I was reading and doing some research, and, and one of the things that I saw, because it's so insane, I mean, with technology we have, and we're such a, a, a you know, social media type of society now, where we're, you know, we're looking at videos, and we're looking, you know, uh, YouTube and, and, and Facebook and everything, and I came across something that was just so unbelievable to me that I was like, are you 
kidding me right now, but with the birth of the Internet and, and everything that that has brought into our lives where we, you know, it's it's like it's almost as if it's given us a, a porthole into like the third dimension or, the, you know, where you've gone into the fourth dimension or something where you can actually go in and see stuff, but you don't have to. And I was doing research, and I'm just going to ask you, Jay, have you ever heard of something called the Crush Act? I have not. Well, before I tell you why we have something called the Crush Act, I'm going to tell you why it came to be. And it is unbelievable why this act came to be. But, you know, the birth of the Internet opened the door for a new type of animal abuse to emerge. And among the images of animal cruelty that are available on the Internet, there are what there are, the Internet has what's called crushed videos in which well-dressed women are shown crushing small animals with their bare feet or stiletto Oh, my heels. gosh, that is sick. You know, I just, I, I was like, what in the world? Is this serious? Is this, but they have these sites that are like, I mean, and I don't even want to give out I don't even want to give out the site names or whatever, but they have these sites where you can actually go to see animal abuse and cruelty, which is like, I'm like, what? Are you serious? But it's so, and so this this particular, these videos, you know, I think they actually try to to, um, prosecute what have you and, and under the 1999 federal legislation came about to prevent this, and that's where the Crush Act came about under that legislation. But it's so difficult to prosecute the offenders of these crimes because they hide behind the anonymity of the virtual world, and we know the virtual world is just unending, and it's so easy to perch, you know, to, to do a crime and hide behind it in, you know, behind the Internet and different things like that. So that was something I came across that I just was, like, blown away. And I'm like, what? Do you get out? Of, I was just like floored. I was floored after reading it. I'm like, is this serious or not? But they actually gave some websites of, of different things, and I just thought this is insane, insane. I couldn't even. I, I didn't want to go to one of them just even. No, I, I would not want to see. I mean, is there that much boredom in the world? Do we have to sink that low to be entertained? I'm, I, I'm just, I just, because I was sitting there, I was just trying to ask myself, what in the world do you get from this? I don't, you know, but, and then again, you think about what in the world do you get from when you, when you abuse animals anyway? What, what is it? And it's linked to so many different things. You know, they, they have it linked to, you know, they've linked um, animal cruelty to domestic violence. Um, yes, I, I I saw that. I ran across that research. Yeah, where, where it's linked to that. So, you know, if, if kids or what have you are witness to or are abused themselves, they're more likely to be perpetrators or people who would inflict pain or, or abuse on animals. And it's just it's just crazy. It's crazy because it's so far-reaching. And, and another thing I read about, I don't know if you saw this or not, where when they were linking domestic violence, they were linking it where some people might actually stay in the home because they did they were they were afraid that the person who was actually inflicting the abuse would actually inflict if they left they would would hurt the animal as opposed yeah, to that. 
Yeah, they, they use that as, to manipulate the, the people to stay. Like, if you leave or if you do this, I'll, I'll hurt the animal or I'll kill your pet, you know. Why do you just sick? You know, I God forbid that I'm, you know, if I ever, never, ever want to be in that situation. But God forbid, I just, you know, if I'm leaving, you know, I'm leaving and my, and my animal coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it, you know, but if I'm leaving, so is my dog, so is my cat, so is my turtle. Everybody's coming. We're all leaving together. So, I mean, and I, I you know, I know there's, there's many different layers of that, and that's a whole different show on its own and, you know, different situations, but it, it's insane. It's insane. Insane. And it's it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah, and, and I've often, you know, heard that many times people who um who've gotten into violent crimes later on in their adult life, if you go back to when they were a teen or a child, they had a history of torturing or abusing animals. Exactly. There, there's a link between that. And and I and I was trying to find out the answers. Is is there any answer as to why people do this? And just many times it's either due to mental illness, sometimes it's substance abuse, and then also you have people who have a lack of, you know, you have your sociopaths and your psychopaths yeah. out there, and it's very scary. It's very scary. I mean, you know, well, we, you know, um, having our our psych kind of background a little yes. bit, you know, just remembering you know, the, the different kinds of, of, I don't want to know if it's psychosis or whatever it is or whatever, but just knowing that there are people out there that don't have, I don't know if you want to call it the care button or the nurture button or the, yeah. the empathy. Or and they, they lack a conscience. They really just don't have a conscience. They lack one. They don't have one. And so this type of behavior, it doesn't resonate to the sympathy or empathy part of the brain, you know, it doesn't, there's no feeling there, it's just in something that I, you know, just as you would, you know, go to the store, clean your car, da-da-da-da, you know, abuse an animal in some, in some instances, it, there's no difference in that. But if you do notice people that, that your children are engaging in any type of behavior like that, definitely as soon as you can, get them some help. Because as a child, it might not be too late if you can get them into some type of counseling, get them some help. Exactly. You know, that, that, that's really because that, that's not something you just want to turn a deaf ear to. Definitely if, if you've caught your child engaging in something like that, it's not something to play with. Get them some help. Exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a cry, as they say, a cry for help. That's a scream for help, mm-hmm. actually. You know, that's, that's a scream for help. That's something that's kind of letting you know there's something else going on. There's something else going on. There's something that's a catalyst for this behavior, and and you need to really, really get that child, person, what have you, into some therapy counseling to try to get to the bottom of whatever it is because there's something else under there. Yes, right away. But, you know, the there are other forms of abuse that people, well, let me not even say abuse, you have people that disagree on some of these other forms that I kind of ran across. Like, you know, just when you, you take your kids to the circus. Yes. You see the animals in the circus. 
you know, they're performing, everything, you know, it, it's such a happy vibe, and, and you're thinking, oh, the animals, they're, they're glad to be doing this, they're just happy, whatever. But then you hear about a lot of mistreatment of animals, such as the elephants and the tigers in the circus. Is exactly. that a form of abuse? Does abuse exactly. happen in the circus? Exactly. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of circuses. I, I kind of never really have been. Um, I know there probably are, maybe there are circuses and things that that treat their animals humanely. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are, but I know that there probably are some that don't. You know, so I, I just. That's just one of those things of where you just you don't know, you don't know what's and going on behind the scenes, you don't know what it took to get that animal to perform the way that it's performing, mm-hmm. you don't know what the living condition is for that animal after everyone has gone home and the tent packed away and there's no show today. What what kind of situation is that animal? Is it chained and caged and you know sitting just sitting, you know? I so I'm I. I'm not, and it's just my personal thing. I, I don't know if I would do. I'm a big fan of services or things like that because it's just one of those things where I always think about, okay, so after this, what happens to this elephant? After this, what happens to, you know? I'm quite sure there are, there are, you know, circuses and shows and different things like that that are humane, that care about their animals, that take care of them, you know. But I know just from seeing some reports that there are not, there are some that don't. And just having that in my mind, it just always makes me wonder what happens after the show. Yes, because I've heard some horror stories about the elephants and, you know, their legs being shackled and all of that, but I'm not even going to get into that because I'll get upset, so we're not going to. Exactly, exactly. This 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 show's research was was hard to do. It was really hard to do because my heart is just well. You know how we are with our animals. Yeah, yeah. Just know I don't like it. And even you know what? Even in the movie industry, I think there are a lot better laws in place now than there used to be. Yeah, but exactly. kind of like you were saying about the crush thing, there are these snuff films out there though. Exactly. We'll get yeah. off on seeing animals getting tortured and hurt and hurt. Yeah. You know, you have, you know, you bring up the thing of, you know, animal abuse and everything, the whole thing was, I mean, not to shed light on this because, you know, but it was, I, you know, this is a form of, of I think, abuse, neglect, because you put the whole, you know, dog fighting thing and, and you know, just having where it's sort of like an underground because you know it still goes on, and even though with the whole Michael Vick case, you know, with the whole bringing that out with him and his, and now he, you know, hopefully he has, you know, learned yeah, a lesson. He's learned something from it. Yeah, yeah. He learned something from it, and he's, you know, doing a, he's doing better now. And and hopefully that that's not just for show. Hopefully that's a, a true thing. I hope it is. But you know that there are still people that you know get these animals, these dogs, and raise them specifically for um, animal fighting. And they do it with roosters, too. Cock fights, I don't get that. You know, and, and, you know, like reading and doing the research, in some countries, you know, this is, like, here it's illegal, but, of course, it still goes on. But in some countries, it's still, this is a norm. This is a part of the culture, you know. And so it's one of those things where you're like, 
I just I don't understand it. I just don't get it. How is that mean, entertaining? I just seeing some roosters just tear each other to shreds. I, how is that entertaining? That's basically what they do because I actually um, saw this. I think it was you know with Doc behind expose of they were going behind the scenes undercover. And I didn't realize, and I don't know what I thought that happened, and I just never thought about it, but they literally, they fight to the death, to the point where they literally rip the other, you know, rooster to, it, they tear them apart. It just, they just tear them apart. You know, who wins? It's not like one fighting and one goes off to the side and limps. They, they fight to the death. Wow. I just, I don't understand. I just don't, I don't get what, you know, and even with, you know, I'm not a fan of, of you know, the whole dog racing thing, you know, the greyhound yeah, racing. that's another thing. Yeah, there's that. I, I've never been a fan of that. I never will be a fan of that. I will never, you know, and the people go and bet on the dog. And I'm just like, I just don't know. I just, I just And these can't. poor dogs, they think they're going to get the rabbit. They th- And they're just running around in circles after this yeah. rabbit that they will never catch. And and what happens, and my thing is I always think about after the performance. What happens after the performance? What happens? You know, they have these, these um, I don't know if sanctuary is the right word or what have you, but for the greyhounds, you know. So the ones that, you know, because you, I don't know what happens. I can't remember. I don't know if they, they're killed or what have you, but the ones that, you know, you're no longer, you're no longer able to race. So, you know, I think that, there's organizations set up that take in these greyhounds and, and things like that, but I know that, you know, they can't take them all. So, you know, what happens to them? It's, it's just, I, I've never been a fan of that either. Never okay. it's a bet on any dog or of any sort, you know. I mean, I just, I don't, yes. Mm-mm. It's not my thing. Never will be my thing. And it's just, it. every time I see it, I'm always thinking about what happens after Everyone goes home, and the dogs are, you know, left behind. Or what, are they being cared for? Are they being kept? Are they, you know, what conditions are they living in? So, and their whole purpose is just to run, pretty run. much. That's their purpose. You know, I know they're not letting them out to run free and play and this and that. Their whole purpose is to chase that rabbit. That's what they do. They chase that rabbit. So, you know, I know they're not having run fun time around or whatever with each other and playing and, and going to dog parks in the meantime when they're not chasing that rabbit. That's what their whole purpose is to chase that rabbit. So it's, uh, yeah. And let um, me just say that, that I detest poaching and hunting. I don't, I'm yeah. not a fan of hunting. I'm not, no. You know, I just, and then there are people that, you know, that do hunt. You know, and I know that there's a part of it to control the the, the population in some respects. You know, I, I I get that, I understand that. You know, and I respect your right to, to to hunt if that's what you want to do. I personally, and it's just my opinion, I just you know, unless it's in a situation where you you have no other choice, or if it's for you know other reasons, maybe food or something like that, I just can't see it as a sport. I just have a hard time seeing that as a sport, you know. But, you know, that's me. That's my opinion. You know, I respect your right to, to do what you do and, to, you know, what have you. But I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. That's just, mm-mm. there's something about that I just can't wrap my brain around. But, hey, to each his own. 
to, to each his own, and, and I will say that because I'm not a vegetarian or anything, I do eat meat, so I understand, I guess, if people are hunting in it strictly for food purposes, like maybe it was in the 1800s or something, you know, where you, you hunted to exactly. catch game or something, that I can see a little bit more, but it's just hunting just for sport, just to kill the animal, just for the sake of saying I killed it. That I can't, I can't get down with. But, yeah, and I have, you know what? I have friends that do hunt. We have that that conversation. We've had that conversation. We just agree to disagree, and that's that's okay. But it's just something I can't, you know, wrap my brain around. Of okay, I don't get this. But you know, it's it's just me. I agree with you. I I agree with you, and and I know that um, probably a lot of people from PETA would say that even as meat eaters, we're participating in a form of animal cruelty, and that's something I do think about. I go back and forth on that. You know, yeah. No, I I I, I had stuff that I could say on that, but you know, we'll, we'll say yeah, that. Yeah, but that 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 may be another whole show entirely. But um, but we just wanted to you know put some information out there about animal cruelty and just the educate you guys as much as we can and also educate ourselves, you know, because we found out a lot too, so. Exactly. So actually this show went by very, very quickly and probably a small portion of it is going to go over into the archives. Um, For those of you who were not able to listen live tonight, we will rebroadcast this episode tomorrow at 5 p.m. Central at our normal time. And anything else you want to say, Dee? No, take care of your animals. Take care of yourself. Exactly. And next um, next Saturday's episode will be lighter. I think we're going to be covering pet holidays, if I'm not mistaken. I've already got it scheduled, but I'll have to look again because I kind of scheduled it far in advance. But I think it's a, a lighter, more upbeat topic. But yeah, we may have to revisit this one at a later yeah, time. Yeah, I think we do. We, we will. We will have to yeah. revisit this because I want to brush on the topic of what you just talked about as far as um, – you know, people that eat meat and people that think that that's a form of it because I want to talk about um, the humane way of of, of possibly, if, if people can see it as humane, of slaughtering animals for food. So yeah, there's that, that's another thing in the farming okay. industry, how the animals are housed and, and exactly. you know, with their living conditions. But we, we will actually probably spill that over into another show. We'll have to do a part two of this animal abuse. Um, episode. We'll definitely do that. Exactly. But until next time, guys, you all have a super duper weekend and we will check you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.